Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Jokic with one will rise. Contested triple. Goes home at the end of the third. A rainbow finding the pot of gold. Sends it ahead to Murray. Lobs it for Gordon who flushes it home. And they're on their feet in Denver. The Denver Nuggets take the opener of the Western Conference Finals. 132-126 the final. They're a good team, so uh, we just have to stay resilient. But I think we did a good job executing both ends throughout the game. The total last night at Caesars was 222.5. About 90 seconds into the game, if you had the under, you were going, son of a. He's <laughs> Aaron Golden. <laughs> you were you a born loser, and that would be me, because I did have the under. We went 2-1-1 one, one last oh. night, but the one was an automatic L. He's Aaron Goldhammer around me, Infant Simmons, in for Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Our next guest... His eyes had to be bleeding, watching, listening to Kestian and, and PJ on ESPN Radio. He was a two-time all-defensive player in the NBA, 12-year NBA vet. His name, Raja Dia Bell, and he's slowly morphing from being introduced that way to just Dia Bell's father, as his son is one of the hottest quarterbacks being recruited for the class of 2026. Raja, we always appreciate it. Last night, man, as a, as a, a guy who made his name, uh, over 12 years in the NBA, being a standout defensive stalwart, how, what was it like watching that? Yeah, I mean, I had mixed emotions, honestly. Like, it, it was pretty cool to see the shot making. Even as a defender, you know, I can appreciate pure shot making. Those guys and the skill level offensively, it's out of this world. Um, but it's hard, Ian, it's hard since I'm not around, I'm not in the building, I'm not – I'm not in the game planning. I'm not in training camps. I, I don't know if it's just that this skill level combined with the new rules make it just almost impossible to guard people or if they've just completely said, well, we're not really going to focus on that side of the ball. We're just going to put in some light concepts and we're just going to outscore people. And so, you know, I kind of had mixed emotions. I can appreciate the scoring, but, you know, it's hard. It's hard to watch the lack of contesting on shots. It's hard to watch the lack of bodies being put in front of people when they're running at the rim. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because, you know, the Lakers have been the best defensive team in the, in the, in the, in the NBA throughout the playoffs. Gold, I mean, uh, Denver has been the best offensive team. And I thought Denver, you know, swung away. I mean, they played as good as they could play. I thought last night they had a bunch of guys in double figures. Jokic went off and then the Lakers were standing right there with the chance to tie with 45 seconds. Um, Raja, when you watch back, what did the Lakers figure out at halftime, and is that sustainable? Yeah, I think, well, I didn't rewatch it today, um, but as I was watching it last night, I thought they did a real good job on the broadcast. Um, I, I think what they figured out was having AD out in space on Jokic was just the opposite of what he was able to do kind of in the, the Golden State series where he did not have to play Draymond and Looney, and so he could clog the paint up and be that secondary shot contester on anything that came towards the rim. And so, you know, when they were able to 
when they were able to bring in Rui and he had some success and he could be out on the perimeter with Jokic, you know, it allowed AD to kind of hang out down and lurk, you know, behind the basket in that dunker spot. Um, and then when Jokic was able to get to the rim, here comes AD as the secondary defender and he was affecting the shot. And, you know, any of that cutting that took place as and Jokic being the facilitator, AD is kind of now in position to affect those shots. So what, what they, the, the Lakers, it was a great move by the Lakers. Um, I think you'll see Denver, if that's what they continue to do, they got to find a way to get Aaron Gordon out of the dunker spot. Like you can't just leave him down there, you know, below the basket. They're roughly 15 feet, 10 feet, feet out of the lane where AD can hover right down there on a low box. He, box. He's got to be out on the perimeter or at least involved in some action to keep AD honest. Raja Bell, 12-year NBA vet. You can catch him uh, on the Real Ones podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Bell19. Raja joining us here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio with Aaron Goldhammer on me and Fitzsimmons. Raja, in the first quarter, Jokic had a game for most people. I mean, he had, what, eight points, 12 boards, eight dimes. I mean, he was damn near at a triple-double yeah. at the end of the first quarter. What would, how would you try and slow down the dad bod god in Jokic? <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, it, it's a great question, and it's the old, you know, it's the age-old question in the NBA when you've got a guy that's as prolific offensively, you know, as, as Jokic. It's, do you do you do you try to limit his ability to score, or do you try to limit his ability to help everyone else score? So, um, you know, I I think what makes him so special is he kind of flows in and out of both of those realms pretty seamlessly. Like most guys kind of get it going on a night and you're like, okay, he's going to go for 50. And, you know, like that's the mode he's going to be in. And so if we can keep him in that mode and limit everyone else, you know, we got a really good chance to win the game. Like to some degree, our Suns teams tried to do that with Kobe. Like, let me try to bait him into trying to score 55 on me. And if everyone else can just keep their guys to a limit, we're going to have a chance to win. Whether we did or not was besides the point, but that was, that was strategically what we tried to, tried to do. Um, Jokic kind of flows in and out of that. So, like, early, like you said, he had the eight points, and he had, like, I don't know, 12 dimes real quick. Like, he was just getting everyone involved. And then as they started to tighten up on everyone else, then he just starts to go bananas, and he can make a bunch of shots. And so, you know, the answer would be trying to bait him into doing one or the other and, and hope that – that he wouldn't be able to find whichever one, you know, he would need later in the game. But he's just really, really poised and savvy, and he's got this ability to kind of flow between the two that a lot of guys don't have. Roger, we've had a bunch of teams make the playoffs, get bounced, and fire their coach. Which to you was the most surprising and maybe the biggest mistake? Oh, man, that's a a good question. Um, I think Monty was the most surprising for me. Um, I mean, Bud was pretty surprising too, but but maybe Monty just because it, it, I felt like if you don't get Kevin Durant at the trade deadline, and 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 you wind up getting bounced in the round that you got bounced in, it wouldn't even be an issue. And you know, if we're being honest, like the amount of time that Kevin Durant physically and and, and being healthy had to play and integrate and and Mon- the amount of time that Monty then would have had time to figure out lineups and strategies based around what it looks like, there wasn't enough of it to, to, to really, really expect them to win. And so, you know, I, I, with his track record as of late and what the Suns have been able to do, at least in the regular season, um, and then you factor in Chris Paul going out, I just, I, I didn't see that one coming, but maybe I should have, you know, new owners come in and they want their guys and, 
they want to make a splash and, and, and kind of uh, there's a small window of time to affect change. And so, you know, Matt, Matt felt it appropriate to do so. But I think that one probably surprised me the most. Daryl Morey, Sixers GM, said a few hours ago uh, when he was posed the question, um, what was Joel Embiid's reaction to Doc Rivers' firing? Here's what he said. They had a strong relationship. I mean, they're, I have to make tough calls all the time with trades. Joel was disappointed, and you know, some of it was he didn't know the player we were getting in the trade who ended up helping us, but he was disappointed in the players that went out. I think it's natural to be very close with the people in the locker room. Um, he was very close with Coach Rivers. Yeah, he was shocked about the change, and it's my job to uh, help convince him that the new coach is someone that he'll have a great relationship with as well. Quote, shocked about the change. And he also went on to say that players won't have input in the hiring of the next head coach. I don't know how much I believe, Roger, but your reaction to that? Well, I, I mean, I, if, if they don't have any input, I think it's irresponsible in today's NBA. Um, today's Not just the NBA, but in today's professional sports world. Like when those guys, your stars, your quarterbacks, your 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 league MVPs. I mean, when, when those are people that they have to work with hand in hand to achieve a goal, like you certainly want people that are kind of on the same page. Now you might not give them, you know, full autonomy to, to make the hire, but having them in the loop and at least picking their brains on stuff like that, I think is, is more than prudent. So I, I would probably, um, lean on the side of him probably just saying that. And, and at some point, there are going to be some discussions with Joel Embiid about here are the candidates. Here's what we're thinking. Does he? Do you have any input? And, and if they're not doing that, um, you know, I, I would say shame on them because that's that's a working relationship. That's an everyday familial, um, you know, grind of a season. And and you certainly want people in there that think that they can work together. Now, I thought it was this guy that played for the Yakima Sun Kings, but. Woj said that he thought that Wembenyama was the most touted prospect, Raja, in you know in in the history of time or whatever his whatever his. Well, you've you've seen a lot of these. So how how big is the buzz and how much is the pressure on this nineteen year old kid from France who I've only seen highlights of and haven't ever watched a game live. Yeah, well, let's just say the kid from Yakima was really raw and, like, the ceiling was super <laughs> high on him, too. Who knows what happened there? But Webin- <laughs> I Maybe he should have eaten a steak. Hearing- yeah, right, he should have <laughs> eaten a steak or two, maybe put on a couple pounds. Um, Webinyama, I've been hearing about Webinyama. Like, Boris Diaw is a good friend of mine. And, I mean, I think he was probably 13 or 12 at the time. Uh, Boris was down here. We were having lunch. Um, and he was telling me about this kid that was going to just take the NBA by storm and, and, and you know, be the first pick in the draft. And I, he didn't show me any footage or anything, but he raved at the time. And so, you know, I've been hearing bits and pieces of that for, for a while now. And honestly, I, I, I didn't know that I didn't believe the hype, but I wasn't sure having not had to scout him or anything like that until I saw what he did last summer. Um, when he just on his own decided, hey, I want to come over and play. I mean, there was no real reason he needed to. But when you see a guy that size doing those type of things uh, offensively, the skill set that he displays with that type of length, and by all accounts, you know what they'd list him at uh, height wise is a little is a little short. I think they're they're trying to protect 
people from really worrying about his height. I heard he's a lot longer than that. I mean, that's an incredible size, skill, athleticism, you know, combination. So that's unlike anything that's that's ever been seen before. It's going to remain to be seen. Like this is look, that's a it's a man's league. You know, then you know he's been put on a team in France that that uh, was was going to be more focused around him. Sometimes when you're playing in those FIBA leagues. In those for those Euro Cups, you get on really, really solid teams where you're kind of playing a role, and you know even even the Lucas of the world average like 18 or 19 a game because just the style of play is different. Well, they put him on a team that was going to help him, you know, acclimate more to the style of play and what he would have to do for a franchise here in the U.S. Uh, but you're not playing NBA athletes every night. You're not playing uh, those type of you know physical specimens, and so there will be a learning curve now. You know how quick he gets his feet under him and 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 can affect change there in 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 in, in San Antonio is the million dollar question. But I know I'm as excited as anybody to watch. I mean that that that's ridiculous what he could do with the ball at that size. And he lists him at seven four, and he could be longer. That is that's that's unbelievable. Raja yeah. Raja Bell here with his twelve year NBA vet, two time All Defensive Team, joining us here on. Uh, Canty and Carlin with Aaron Goldham, Rami and Fitzsimmons in for the boys here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as we are presented by Progressive Insurance. You make your home in Miami. You're watching Jimmy Butler locally all the time. Playoff Jimmy, to me, is a real thing. Uh, if you can, man, sum up how this team has gotten here to the Eastern Conference Finals without Tyler Hero and how they may or may not be able to get past the Celtics into the Finals. Yeah, it's been an incredible run. I mean, we've... Uh... You know, we've seen playoff Jimmy uh, before, but maybe not as good as he was earlier in these playoffs ever. And so, you know, but you couple that with, I think the Heat are one of those teams that are just so solid from top to bottom, uh, culturally, um, with the type of players that they go out and get, not just from a skill set perspective, but from a mentality perspective. Um, Eric Spolstra is, if this is, I mean, this is going to sound crazy. I underrated because, you know, every year with different pieces and different scenarios, different, you know, um, um, expectations, he finds ways to get his team in situations like this. So when you put all of those things together, like I think heat culture is a real thing. It encompasses a lot. But I think they're one of those teams that, despite those type of injuries, can figure out ways to come out there and just be as close to the same version of themselves every night. And there's something to be said for that because there's a lot of variance this year in these NBA playoffs. One night, a team looks fantastic. The next night, they come out and they can't make a basket. You've seen it in the Eastern Conference. You've seen it in the Western Conference. And the Heat, for the most part, have just been very, very steady. Um, And Jimmy Butler is playing great, as is Kyle Lowry and, and, and everyone else. Now, the Celtics, when they're good, I think they're the, they've got the highest ceiling in the playoffs. So Jimmy's going to have to be great. You know, Kyle Lowry is going to have to be really good. Bam is, is going to have his work cut out for him, and he's got to be a true, a true number two in this series. Like, he's got to really hold up his end of the bargain. I would take the Celtics, but I'm sitting here telling you right now, if we, if we, looked, if we looked up in a week and a half and, and, and the Heat had beaten them or they were in a dogfight pushing it to seven with a chance to win it, I would not be surprised because I think they're uniquely set up as a franchise and as individual people in that locker room to kind of be in situations like this and succeed. Roger, if you were John Morant's teammate, what would you be thinking when you wake up and you see that video on Sunday morning? I just, I'm, uh, man, I, I went off on this yesterday. I would be really disappointed. I think the best way to, 
to, to sum up, you know, the, the emotions I, I would feel are just disappointed on a lot of levels. Um, you know, number one, you know, playing with firearms is, is just, you know, really, really dangerous and, and super immature. And, you know, for just for, for safety reasons, um, you already put our team in jeopardy. Let's move off from your personal safety and those in the vehicle with you. But like you, you put our season in jeopardy last year when you were suspended and, and we didn't know what that was going to look like moving into the playoffs. And here we go again, you know, you, you're doing it again. So you certainly didn't learn your lesson. Um, yeah, I got to worry about how much you care about us as your teammates, quite frankly, if you're going to continue to put us and yourself in situations like that. And, and, you know, I, I could go on and on, but I just feel, I feel bad for him in some ways, although I, the blame is solely on his feet. And again, I went off on him yesterday on the immaturity and the stupidity and all of that. But I think there's a lack of guidance in his camp. Like at some point, the people who love him that he has trusted, you know, his whole life that have stewarded him through, through, you know, youth basketball and, and, and elementary school to middle school. Like they were, you weren't making all those decisions at that time. People were guiding you and they did it well. They need to do it again for you. And it seems like that has failed him. And I feel bad for him for that reason. But if I were his teammates, I'd be super pissed and super disappointed. Raja, we greatly appreciate the time, man. How's our boy Dia doing? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you're going to be in a lot of college football camps this summer. Yeah, we're doing good, Ian. Second, uh, this is the third week of, of uh, spring camp. Like he, he's looking pretty good, and then the, you know, the madness starts with these camps and stuff like that, man. But I'm enjoying the ride. So I'll tell him you asked about him. I appreciate it. I heard Shefty say that he was uh, the hottest prospect in the history of team sports. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, tell Shefty, I don't know Shefty, but tell Shefty I ain't too proud, man. If he got any plugs, put us down. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take the pressure. We'll take that heat. We're we're all about it here down in Miami with the Bell family. Thank you, Roger. Roger, you're the best, man. We appreciate you, bud. Best of the family. You got it, guys. All right, man. Raja Dia Bell, whose son, in case you don't know, is is one of the top high school quarterback prospects for the class of 2026. A kid can flat out sling it. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Let's piggyback off his comments when it comes to Ja Morant next right here on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Breaking news where the Memphis Grizzlies have suspended John ja Morant from all team activities after another Instagram Live video surfaced, apparently showing him with a handgun. At the end of the day, it's not just about John ja Morant. It's about you being a global superstar for this multi-billion dollar league where the faces of those leagues face a different level of scrutiny. Morant served an eight-game suspension in March after he displayed a handgun during an early morning Instagram Live session from a Denver area strip club. And you go meet with the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, in his office. And you tell him you've learned. You're, you're changed. You are not going to do some of the things that you have done in the past that led to a suspension. And then you do it all over again. With Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons, Infocanti and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Aaron, when I saw this, this story yeah. on, on Sunday, mm. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Me too. And then to to see the statement uh, where he says, John Morant uh, says, quote, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a journey, and I recognize there is more work to do. My words may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself, quote, end quote. The only thing I believe in that statement is when he says my words may not mean much right now, because guess what, partner, they don't. No, and, you know, he is in a unique position. I mean, you know, he's got a new signature shoe, Ian, out with Nike. He is incredibly popular with kids. I go and work out at the local community center where I live here near Cleveland. Humble brag. Kids are, I mean, I I go like three times a year, let's be honest. (laughs) But uh, I, I go and kids are rocking Ja Morant's gear all over the place. I mean, he is with eight-year-old boys. He is like the most popular player in the NBA. And now he's putting those parents in a really awful, awkward position based on how he's carrying himself off the floor. You know, here's the thing, Ian, like, I love watching Ja Morant play basketball. I love the game. I love his game. I'm rooting for him. But it's hard to take anything that he says seriously right now. And I wonder, you know, to you, how much of this falls on Adam Silver's shoulders, Ian, because something tells me that if David Stern was still the commissioner, I'm not sure that that video would have been seen, and I wonder how John Morant's actions coming off of the regular season suspension would have been different with someone who held players a little bit more accountable. Well, I can't – I have no idea. I think David Stern maybe would have been firmer than Adam Silver was with the first suspension. Mm -hmm. Let's let's, 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 think about this. He is – intoxicated in a public place in Denver, in a Denver suburb, suburb with a firearm, brandishing a firearm, alcohol, public place, firearm. Yep. 
When you say that out loud, did he break any laws? Was he, you know, charged with a crime? No. Was he endangering other people and yes. himself? Yes. 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 Hell yes. Yeah. The fact so, that he's not it, breaking it, any laws is kind of the law's fault. Not 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 that he's doing something that's right. Look, a- a- amen. And then here's the other part. Not only do you get suspended, you issue this statement that you know you're getting help and you're gonna you're gonna be better, and then your buddy who has been banned from Memphis games for getting in a, a near altercation with Pacer players courtside, and then the Pacers traveling party, and he has been banned from Memphis Grizzlies games, takes a video of you after everything we just described and post it on Instagram where you, the $200 million player, this cornerstone of a franchise, you're holding a gun again, recklessly, driving down a public highway, brandishing a firearm, and, and that is the exact thing that you got suspended for in the first place, and you went to your boss's office. Let's just take this into our workplace. Sure. You have a boss. You have screwed up royally. You have embarrassed your company's brand, and you are one of the best earners or salesmen or whatever it may be, whatever your chosen profession is, yeah. and you have, you, have, you have tarnished that brand. And you have told your boss in his office, a very powerful person, I'm, 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 I've learned I'll never do it again. I'm cleaning up my act. I promise you, you have my word. And then a few months later, you do it all over again. Yeah. You can't even make it two weeks after your team season is over before the exact same issue comes up again. What happens to you? What happens to you? Oh, my God. I'd be fired I'm so fired. fast. I'm fired. Yes. Gone. Gone. And the Grizzlies... If John Morant wasn't as good as he is, he'd be cut. He'd be out of the league, right? If he was a borderline NBA player, if he was the eighth man off the bench, he wouldn't be on the roster anymore. And I wonder, you know, Ian, do you think that harsher consequences here are the answer? Because I'm a believer, as I've tried to figure out my own kids and my own life and like, does it just because now what what are you going to get? I, I saw Mad Dog on first take with Stephen A. this morning on ESPN say, give him 40 games, suspend him for half the season. Do you think that that like a harsher punishment is really going to wake him up? Or is there something else that you can do to try to save John Morant's career? Because it's kind of teetering right now, Ian, in my mind. Money. If you sit him for... 20 games, 40 games, whatever it is, you know, it, that's unpaid, Bubba. You're, you're not collecting a dime. Uh, and I don't even know if that's a, 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 if it's allowable in, in the current CBA, and if it I mean, isn't. He's, he's already th- cost himself because he didn't make All-NBA. So that was apparently like $37 million in contract because he didn't make All-NBA, and he didn't make All-NBA because he had the eight-game suspension because he was at the Denver area strip club brandishing the weapon. So it's already cost him like $40 million, and now it's on the verge of costing him. And it seems like it just doesn't matter, like it doesn't register. And it's not like this is some guy who's like an also-rand in the – 
when LeBron is gone, the NBA is relying on guys like Ja Morant to carry the torch, to have the league in their hands. Look, look, I don't know what Silver's going to do. I know he had a tone last night. I mean, and and he is... Disappointed is not the word. Livid. Hacked off. I mean, you name it. And then as he said last night on NBA Countdown, shocked. Here's a commissioner. Honestly, I was shocked when I saw this weekend that video. Now, we're in the process of investigating it, um, and we'll figure out exactly what happened to the best we can then. It's, again, it's the video's a bit grainy and all that, but... I'm assuming the worst, you know, and uh, but we'll fi- we'll figure out, you know, exactly what happened there. I can tell you exactly what happened. He was brandishing a gun on a public highway. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly I, what I, happened. My, my point on Silver Ian is just that while he's done a lot of great things for the league, he is definitely a player's first commissioner. I think the players were afraid of David Stern back in the day, and it was a different dynamic. It was a different time, but I. Th- I just the players wonder, didn't have the power then that they yes, do now. But but there was a more of a sense of accountability and responsibility with players in a variety of areas. You know, not just specific to this incident. Um, but I don't think that Adam Silver has gotten through to him. I wonder. You know, if you played on the Grizzlies, we talked just talked to Raja Bell about this uh, like ten fifteen minutes ago. You know, your your peers talking about how disappointed they are in you might register even deeper than some authority figure coming down and issuing a punishment for you. I don't know what's going to happen, Aaron, but I know this. It's going to be a hell of a lot harsher than the first one. And I mean, it's I, I think you got to hit him in the wallet hard. Hmm. I mean, when I when I say hard, I'm, I mean, I'm talking 40, 45 mil. I mean, I'm not kidding. You know, if you if you suspend him forty one games, whatever for you know for what, half the season, whatever yep. whatever that that comes to in his in his base salary for that yep. particular year, yep, that's that's that's, that's a non paid you know suspension because a lot of times these guys get suspended, it's with pay. Your your kid comes out of their bedroom in a John Morant jersey today. What do you as a parent? What do you say? Um, I'm not going to get into that. I mean, I, I wouldn't with 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 my kid. You know, mm-hmm. now, depending on the age, if, if you're four or five, I'm going to let it go. Uh, my 17-year-old daughter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hold on. You know what happened there, right? Yeah. You're going to support him right now? Yeah. He was brandishing a firearm in a public place on a public highway and, and intoxicated in, in, a, in a Denver, you know, bar. Your call if you want to support him. That's your call. And we'll see how disappointed I am or not. <laughs> depending on if you go upstairs and change or if you keep that bad boy on. <laughs> He's here in Goldham, Rummy, and Fitzsimmons. J.J. Reddick went off on this, and Steve Kerr, uh, he had some details how one punch derailed an entire season. You'll hear it when you return on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. 
The streamers fly as the Lakers, the seventh seed, will face Denver for the Western Conference title. This is a big summer. There are a lot of questions with this Warriors team for sure. Do I think it's over? If Draymond doesn't come back, I think it's officially over. They're going to do what they can to make the team get back to the championship level next season. I don't think their championship hopes are gone. I don't think they're at the point where they blow it up, but they are going to be looking to see who that third guy is going to be. One punch derailed a title contender's entire season before the year even began. With Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons, and for Canty and Carlin, here on ESPN Radio, as we're presented by Progressive Insurance. To refresh your memory, and I'd, I'll be honest, my hand is up until I saw Draymond chirping at Jordan Poole on the bench, right, against the Kings in that series, before they even got to the Lakers, I'd forgotten about the punch. Heard around the world. And that was when Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole back in training camp. And, man, when Steve Kerr addressed this yesterday in their exit you know, meetings, right? for people who don't know, the coach, all the players, they have these exit meetings after the season's over. They air, it's like Festivus for the rest of us. You air your grievances. You talk about what was great, what was bad, and you move on. You go play golf. Or you look else your Draymond Green, you guys go sit in a broadcaster chair, Aaron. Here's Steve Kerr yesterday, exit interview, talking about the impact one punch had on that team. I think there there was some of that was that was lost this year for sure. Um, um, there's no hiding from it. The uh, the incident with Draymond um, and Jordan at the beginning of the year played a role in that. Um, it's hard for that not to impact a team. And so, uh, you know, we uh, feel like we have a, a great group of, of people um, on the roster, on the coaching staff, in the front office. Um, we have a, a way of doing things that we're, we're very proud of, but um, those things were definitely challenged this year. I think the biggest difference in their team from when they won the title to this year is that Jordan Poole just wasn't nearly as good, Ian, right? I mean, isn't that what a lot of this comes down to? So it's interesting that they're blaming this punch as the like major culture culprit when really, to me, last year they could rely on Jordan Poole and Clay both to be like significant basket relief for Steph. And this year, I don't think they lost because of some major culture problem. I think they lost because they, in the end, had one guy on their team that they could count on to make a basket regularly. I think that if a teammate punched me right in the face, we're done, man. We are cooked as Christmas dinner. It's over. I'm really? Deep fried. Oh, really? Hey, hey. There's no there's no coming back from it. Nope. I told this story yesterday, and I'll tell it again now. One of my best friends in college was a guy named Will Stratton, Marine, um, and just a, a great friend of mine. And one night in our, like our second sophomore year, may have been our first junior year, whichever one it was, uh, you know, I went undergrad for six and a half years, made a career of it. Don't even remember how, why, what happened, but he knocked the ever-loving snot out of me. Uh-huh. Out of nowhere. Yep. Relationship never the same again. And I'd have taken that, not a, not a fatal one, but I mean, I'd, I'd have taken a bullet for the dude. Shoulder yep. wound. Yeah, I mean, sure. but loved sure. him. Loved him to death. And there was no apology. Was never There was no the apology. Same. There was no, you know, especially. Yeah, there was. The, the, there the, was the next day, but it didn't matter. I mean, it's always in the back of your head. Sure. And I. 
look, when you're playing basketball, like it's a physical game to some degree, and it's a physical job to a large degree and an emotional one. So, you know, I think more guys get punched at practice than we even know. Is that You've been around a lot of NBA teams. Well, we saw that in the last dance with Jordan and Steve Kerr, ironically. Yes, yes. Don't you think that over the course of a season, a few guys get punched in practice in the NBA and nobody ever knows about it? Don't 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 doubt that for one bit. So was but this the problem one... was the problem with this one? Let, let, let me just finish this thought. Was the problem with this one that it happened or that people found out about it? I think it's, it's the combination of both because the action was the punch, reaction was it went everywhere, and then the reaction to that was oh bleep, yeah. Because now well, Jordan pulls embarrassed, right? Somebody and... leaked it. Right? Yeah, don't you yeah, think? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and if, look, I don't mean to jump to assume for who got that video to TMZ or whatever, but that's what was so different about this punch is that the video of it was circulating in everywhere, and video makes such a difference. It tells the whole story. Go, go to Ray Rice. Yeah. Without that video. It's a totally different situation. No doubt about it. So you know, I, but, I, I think the punch isn't the issue. I think the fact that it got out and everybody saw it is what created this ultimate divide within their team. And I, I think they are speculating that somebody in Jordan Poole's camp, I don't know, were, were the you, ones to get access to the tape and to put it out there. You also, though, have Draymond Green's personality that was also in your face, you know, even, you know, in the playoffs with Jordan Poole. That's just his personality. That, if, if you're the guy that received that punch and it got out, or it, I mean, even if it was leaked by your crew, who, whichever way you want to go with it, because yeah. he's constantly coming at you, that yeah. also would grate on you. And then you have to have your teammates also be peacemakers. But I'll tell you this, Steve Kerr talked about it. If Draymond's not back... We're not a championship contender, and Green's got what? He's in the final year of a four-year contract that's going to make him nearly $28 million before he becomes a free agent, 24. If they have to make a decision between Poole and Green, guess who's gone? I would say Poole, but Hell yeah. is, is Draymond really – he's not what he used to be, I, I'll, and I'll leave it at that. I, I'm not sure that he's like the key to anybody's championship season, Draymond Green. No, he's a glue that team he, he's that instigator and toughness he, he's a facilitator and all that stuff that you that you need a little bit of crazy that any title team needs so i think as long as they have staff to me they're a championship contender regardless of draymond i'm fascinated to see how this whole thing plays out a 6'8 300 pound world champion weighs in on this and ja morant right here on espn radio thanks for listening to the canty and carlin podcast You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.